Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi there and welcome to the Explaining History podcast and today I want to talk a little bit about Romania, um, the experience of the Holocaust in Romania, the experience of communism in Romania and the difficulties of historical memory um, and the difficulties of historical memory for a country emerging from communism. Now I may have mentioned before that um, one of the most astute and valuable writers on modern European history is the late and undeniably great Tony Judd, who, um, if you haven't read his book Post-War yet, um, is really almost one of the kind of definitive texts on um, 20th century European history. And his the selection of his essays, um, the first selection of his essays, Reappraisals, is also well worth a read. And in 2007, he wrote an essay on um, post-communist Romania. And in it, he made the point that um, Romania remains um, on paper a European country. But in reality, its, its links to Europe are really quite tenuous. The uh, capital Bucharest is closer to the old boundaries of the Ottoman Empire than it is to Brussels. And it has um, repeatedly found it very difficult to assert a, a modern European identity. Part of the reason for this is Romania um, developed really as a nation-state incredibly late. 1888 was the, the year in which Romania um, is a, uh, a clear sort of national state entity. Um, it had gradually emerged from the uh, its, its kind of former Ottoman past um, throughout the 19th century, um, and if you th- if you imagine that um, Italy and Germany in 1870 and 1871 respectively um, emerged as nation states, and both found the the transition to um, creating a, a, a core, stable sense of national identity, extremely difficult and fraught. A, a nation-state developing later than that was perhaps going to find it even even more even more challenging. The um, sense of siege 
that uh, Romania existed under, having uh, powerful and dangerous neighbours on all sides, be it the Ottoman Empire, uh, Russia or Hungary, um, led to um, an, an, an aggressive nationalism within Romania, um, and this is something that is exploited later on. Romania is a country in the late 19th and early 20th centuries that has as um, mixed uh, an ethnic makeup as the uh, former Austro-Hungarian Empire and the Balkans indeed. And so uh, during the upheavals of the 20th century, it was small wonder that Romania in the 30s and then during the war would have all sorts of inter-ethnic violence and um, an aggressive nationalism based around uh, ethnic homogeneity, about the desire to create a, uh, a, a one, uh, an ethnically pure nation, which uh, did spell, spell doom for Romania's Jews. The irony, of course, uh, as Tony Judd points out, is that Bucharest was, by 1870, one of the, uh, Virgin being one of the great capitals of Europe. It had some claim to being seen as the Paris of the East. It had um, doubled in size between 1870 and 1914 and was designed in uh, Parisian style with great boulevards. It had some of the first um, oil-fired street lamps within Eastern Europe. It was a more advanced city than Vienna. Um, and it was a um, a place of boulevards and public parks and um, had a great deal of wealth running through it because Romania itself was a, uh, a land of plentiful natural resources. So the, the Romania that has um, limped through the 20th century largely as a result of the twin catastrophes of fascism and communism um, and the uh, post-communist nationalist governments that have been ridden with corruption since um, have left a potentially once abundant and wealthy society um, as one of the poorest in Europe. One of the um, outcomes of the Paris Peace Conference and the Treaty of Versailles um, was that Romania did rather well. Romania had uh, benefited from the defeat of the Austro-Hungarian and Ottoman empires and the collapse of uh, Russia. The um, three empires that surrounded her um, left bequeathed her Bessarabia, Bukovina and Transylvania and part of northern Bulgaria, which had obviously been one of the central powers. Um, and the country increased from 138,000 square kilometres to 295,000, and its population doubled. But obviously its population didn't double, um, uh, the, the number of ethnic Romanians didn't double, but the number of subjects of the new Romania did. Um, so this was a huge um, fillip to um, R uh, Romanian um, ethnic nationalists, the, the likes of whom could be found in every country in Europe in the 19th century. The um, Treaty of Versailles um, gave the um, Romanian kingdom everything it could possibly have wanted from, from the war. 
and it was one of the larger countries within the uh, eastern, uh, within the, the central and eastern part of Europe. Um, it also creates an enormous amount of um, ethnic tension along Romania's borders. The more um, population transfers you have within Eastern Europe um, following the Paris Peace Conference, the, um, the greater propensity of unlocking these ethnic hatreds. And this is something that Hitler very skillfully does um, in the second half of the 1930s, uh, knowing, of course, that um, the uh, beneficiaries of the Versailles uh, Treaty Poland, Czechoslovakia, Romania and Yugoslavia and to some extent Hungary were all um, bitterly jealous over um, slivers of land and groups of populations uh, dotted between each other that the peacemakers had been unable to kind of uh, properly adjudicate as to who should go who should go where and who should have what um, and so you were you surround so Romania is surrounded by um, um, angry neighbours and has a large minority population which has grown from 8 to 27% with the stroke of a pen. Um, Hungarians, Germans, Ukrainians, Russians, Serbs, Greeks, Bulgarians, Gypsies and Jews were all um, contained within this new Greater Romania. Um, and much like Yugoslavia, it is this, this boiling pot of, of, of ethnic tensions and Romanian nationalists would use the opportunity that the next war presented to ethnically cleanse their greater Romania. So there, there seems to be, in um, many cases, if you look, and Poland is quite similar in this regard, um, the outcome of the First World War um, created the borders for these new nations, and the outcome of the Second World War created ethnically homogenous populations, normally in the most violent way possible, with mass killings and mass, expo uh, mass expulsions, either during the war in the case of the Jews, or afterwards, with in Poland's case, for example, the expulsion of ethnic German people. The pockets of non-Romanians who were now um, forced to be subjects of the Romanian crown were described uh, as foreigners. And this has left um, Romania really in the, the grips of, of, of a struggle to, um, throughout the 20th century, to assert its, its sense of, of identity. And the idea um, of Romanian Nuss became a very pastoral one, a very agricultural one. You had um, Germans or Greeks or Hungarians or Jews um, occupied in towns and cities in um, professions, in trade, in commerce, and therefore uh, Romanian nationalists looked to the peasantry as the, the kind of the shining example of what real Romanianness was, the honest salt of the earth types that work the work the soil with their hands um, and uh, aren't the, the kind of the, the slippery mercantile characters who will rip you off on, on market day. They are obviously foreigners and don't really understand Romanian ways. Religion also plays a large part in this, and um, the ethnic mixing pot that Romania had become after the First World War, um, which included um, 
people of a variety of different faiths, including um, Lutheran, Christians, Catholics, and Jews, and obviously the majority are Orthodox Christians, who are um, mainly ethnic Romanians. Um, Orthodox Christianity becomes another way of adjudicating who is a Romanian and who is not. At the start of the war, in 1939, Marshal Ion um was the dictator of Romania, and he uh, played his cards close to his chest. He was obviously um, a, in, sympathetic towards Nazi Germany and uh, broadly looked to emulate many of uh, Hitler's ideas uh, in Romania, and he um, was cagey about which way he saw the war going, much like, say, Mussolini, that in 1940 formally allies himself to Nazi Germany, uh, assuming that the war is all but won and there will be further territorial gains at the uh, the, the, the peace conference thereafter. Um, he faithfully allies um, himself with Hitler and joins in the invasion of the USSR, um, which is a catastrophe for Romania. And the, they lose more troops in uh, the USSR than any other of Hitler's, um, of Hitler's allies. The result, obviously, uh, by 1945, is the Soviet occupation of um, Romania uh, and communism that lasted until 1989. One of the claims that has often been made by uh, sympathisers for Antonescu is that he, um, despite his overt anti-Semitism, managed to save a large number of Romania's Jews. And if we look at it in one sense, while this appears to have a degree of validity, 441,000 Jews um, were listed on the April 1942 census, and the overwhelming majority of those survived. These are Jews within um, ethnic uh, Romania, um, and the Antonescu had decided by 1942 that um, deportations were probably of these Jews were probably not advisable because the winds of war were turning against Hitler and the, uh, there may well be repercussions afterwards. But by this time, already, hundreds of thousands of Jews had been deported from Bessarabia and Bukovina, and these were um, territories that were uh, given to Stalin in 1940 and, as a, and then um, taken back with a vengeance, um, with a, a kind of um, bloodthirsty anti-Semitic, anti-communist uh, um, uh, vengeance uh, after the invasion of the Soviet Union in 1941. The... Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Romanians uh, were happy, happy collaborators here with the Germans and um, did an immense amount to make the, Ger- the life of the, the, the work of the German army, the, the SS, easier here in deporting Jews and killing a, killing a great many of them on the spot. Um, the Romanian army burned alive 19,000 Jews in Odessa in 1941. They shot 16,000 in ditches uh, in Dalnik in the same year, and they um, were actually the subject of complaints by the Germans for their um, uh, treatment of Jews, if you can imagine such a thing. Um, during the the kind of the the, the deportations, um, so there were um, there was a, a staggering number of Jews murdered by the um, the Romanian state. One of the reasons why um, it has become convenient for other European states to point the finger exclusively at Germany with regards to the Holocaust. Not suggesting for a moment that these are illegitimate accusations, but one of the reasons why it's become so convenient for the European states to um, commemorate the Holocaust in a particular way is because it helps to um, sidestep inconvenient questions and inconvenient points about domestic anti-Semitism in countries um, like Romania, indeed in countries such, such as France, and their involvement in deportations and mass killings. And those um, buried truths that very rarely see the light of day, that very rarely are examined, still have an important role in um, national narratives. People know these things happened. This is things that is very difficult to discuss or to be open or explicit about or to, to be, dare I say, honest about. But it doesn't mean to say that uh, populations are unaware of them. You know, it is in towns and villages across Romania, um, the 760,000 Jews who were there before the war are largely absent now. Antonescu uh, used the term total Romanization during the war, and he said that this is something that needed to be completed by the time the war ended. So the war for Antonescu was a perfect opportunity to really create this ethnically homogenous state. And the Jews were obviously the first target. But also um, Hungarians were uh, another 
target of um, the the country's uh, nationalists. And unlike Hungary itself, which was occupied in 1944 by the Germans, where the Hungarian Holocaust really goes into full swing, Romania was the only German ally that didn't require a German occupation in order to participate wholeheartedly in the Holocaust and to do everything from reclassifying the Jews legally and as um, non-citizens through to um, mass deportations to Auschwitz. Romania's experience of communism was also quite a unique one. Romanian communist leaders uh, Nicolae Ceausescu was the only uh, European communist leader, for example, to meet both Queen Elizabeth II of Great Britain and President Richard Nixon. Romanian communism, uh, much like that of Poland and other uh, East European um, Soviet satellite states, was infused with its own um, parochial nationalism, many of the more libertarian internationalist um, solidarity-based ideas that infuse communism um, were rather lost on the Romanian Communist Party, who still looked upon um, Hungarians and Jews as being um, threats to the nation and troublemakers. And um, throughout the 1950s, the um, idea that communism and nationalism could somehow be intertwined, could somehow be woven together to create a kind of a national communism, um, was actively pursued by the party. And one of the um, effects of this is to um, diminish Soviet control in Romania. Throughout the 1950s, the idea that Romania, whilst a communist nation, could chart its own destiny, could make its own decisions and own choices um, about what to do, um, placed burdens on Soviet and Romanian relations. Particularly after the death of Stalin, the death of Stalin, as we've seen so many times in this podcast, presented opportunities throughout the communist world for um, fracturing, for... um, Uh, determining of different ideas in different directions. And the same is true in in Romania. The West spent uh, no time at all in coaxing uh, the uh, Romanian uh, leadership, particularly after 1965 when Nicolae Ceausescu came to power um, to be a uh, a pliant um, outpost of uh, anti... not so much anti-communism, but anti-Soviet sentiments uh, in Eastern Europe. Western diplomats and leaders thought that Ceausescu could be a thorn in the side of the Soviets in the way that Tito had been a thorn in Stalin's side and that this would be um, a great way of uh, undermining and weakening the the Warsaw Pact. Nixon visited the uh, visited Bucharest before he visited China, for example, he visited in 1969. Um, and he was referred to by uh, George McGovern, no, Ceausescu was, 
as one of the, uh, the among the world's leading proponents of arms control, um, obviously with no hint of, of irony. Um, the British visited Ceausescu on a state visit, um, and in, in 1983, um, Pre Vice President George Bush, senior, not junior, um, referred to Ceausescu as a good communist. Um, and this was, um, for, as far as Ceausescu went, he gained the kudos of uh, overseas recognition. He had, as I said, a nice state visit to Great Britain where he got to meet the Queen, which is obviously the ambition of every great communist. Um, and the, uh, he became, the, Romania became the first Warsaw Pact country to enter the General Agreement on Trades and Tariffs, now the World Trade Organization, um, to receive IMF loans, or to get um, preferential trading status uh, with the European community. And eventually, in 1975, gained the US, United States' most favoured nation status, um, which has all sorts of positive trade trade uh, benefits. Um, the consequences for uh, of, of this really were um, not great wealth for Romania, uh, but the ability for Romania to sell agricultural produce uh, that it mainly specialised in, uh, in return for um, manufactured goods and in return for um, aircraft, particularly. It's maybe an apocryphal tale, but it's worth telling anyway. In the mid-1980s, a trade deal was done between uh, uh, Romania and Great Britain, where the trade was Romania would supply strawberries in return for Boeing jumbo jets. Um, so Romania obviously had to provide an awful lot of uh, cheap agricultural produce for, you know, perhaps comparatively less in return. And this is kind of how um, Romania was treated as a, a, a convenient third world country on Europe's borders that is treated in the way that all uh, third world countries are treated by first world ones, handy places to buy lots of stuff from for not very much. Um, the other thing that Romania received in large quantities throughout the 1980s is loans, debt. Um, the Romanian population uh, were um, saddled by debt by 1989, Part of this was a strategy employed by other um, European uh, communist countries throughout the Cold War era, uh, realising that um, Stalinism had not worked and that uh, angry restive populations were um, not willing to accept low living standards anymore. The strategy of borrowing large sums in order to pay for uh, consumer goods mainly from the West, was, um, uh, was used instead. Throughout this period of time, obviously once the West having dealings with uh, Romania, a horrific human rights record um, of uh, essentially gulag-style slave labour camps and um, appalling attitudes towards um, the women's reproductive rights um, with we um, show partly the result of this obsession of building a large ethnically homogenous population that continued long into communism, resulted in the images that we all became familiar with after the end of communism of of the the, the, the appalling Romanian orphanages, 
all these uh, uh, children who were born because of a, res- um, a refusal of the state to allow abortions were then uh, um, uh, abandoned and um, left to um, uh, left to the tender mercies of the Romanian orphanage system. Um, the, um, dis- the the need to pay back um, uh, creditors also meant that Romania had to continue heavy exports and do things like shut off power at certain points in the day to export electricity to Germany and Italy. When communism ended in 1989, Ceausescu was overthrown and put on uh, trial and executed in a skillfully staged coup, which can't really be seen as a, a people's revolution in the way that the, the Velvet Revolution in much of the rest of Eastern Europe was. This is um, a, an, an overthrow of Ceausescu by other party elements who then neatly trans... Um, um, who neatly uh, stepped over into the post-communist era without shedding some ideological baggage, but none of the power and uh, none of the uh, embezzled wealth. So where does this leave us? Well, um, part of the reason for the kind of the tragic 20th century in Romania um, is based around the, the kind of the um, development of Romania in the late 19th century and the need to develop some kind of core national identity and the, the relative lack of success in, in doing so. But um, also, this is part of the, um, the part of the tragedy of Romania as well, is being this now impoverished state on Europe's borders, which can only but continue to be um, exploited uh, as its status within Europe remains unclear and the economic disparities between Europe and Romania um, remain unclear. Anyway, I hope you found this um, interesting today. Uh, we've got some exciting news. A new writer for Explaining History, Tyrell Eskelson, has just submitted the draft for a new Explaining History ebook, The American Century, which should be with us hopefully for around Christmas time. And the new Explaining History range of um, study guides is um, developing still. With uh, We should be expecting the new Explaining History Study Essentials on the Paris Peace Conference uh, soon. Um, that's um, headed off to the publishers. And the new Explaining History International Relations 1918-39 is reaching uh, its conclusion. Um, so that's where we're going at the moment. Um, we're focusing on making as much useful stuff for students as we possibly can do. But I'm obviously trying to um, make sure that we're talking to everybody out there who's interested in modern history. Anyway, I hope you found this useful today and I'll catch you again on the next Explaining History podcast. Thanks. Bye bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.